Disclaimer, these are my stories, my memories, as I know as my own truth. As a victim, I will not be silenced. This is my truth and how I remember it. I am not liable for how anyone chooses to interpret these memories of mine. Anyone who may be referenced in this episode, of course, are innocent until proven guilty. lost? Do you have a hard time recognizing yourself and who you've become? Do you hear the words healing, journey, self-development, and have no clue what that even means or how you can even apply it to your current situation? The time for you to discover who you truly are and how to find that path back to yourself is here, right in this moment. If this is you, you've come to the right place. And if you're not quite there yet, but find other people's journeys inspiring, this is also the place for you. The truth is, everyone has a path of greatness that they are destined for. It's learning how to be quiet enough to hear your inner voice that will guide you on your journey to finding yourself again. My name is Rochelle Townsend, and I've been on this very same journey. A journey that started me questioning who I become, how I was showing up, and acting like a complete asshole to everyone who I love in my life. Join me every week as I share my own journey, thoughts, insights, and how I have connected the dots to every aspect of my life and course corrected to create the life I'm destined for, or me and one of my beautiful guests who will also be sharing their own healing journey filled with insightful and inspiring conversation. And while I'm not a therapist or a psychologist or have any medical background whatsoever, my journey is one that I hope you find inspiring, one that will lead you to turning inwards to figuring out your own path. Some of the stories I share may be triggering to some, so please know this podcast is for adults. I'm so excited that you're here. So this past week, I, uh, you know, I thought I had a pretty good handle on all of the whys and my behavior and like with the affair and so like all the whys that I was consciously aware of, like up until like a week ago was, you know, I used sex as a validation tool. I was, um, emotionally unavailable. So therefore Brent was emotionally unavailable. And so I was seeking emotional support outside of, um, my marriage, even though, he was completely emotional, unavailable too. So it was like a continual cycle that I was just repeating over and over and over. And, um, last week we had our first couples therapy session and, uh, spoil alert, we're trying out a new therapist here in a couple of weeks. We're on their wait list, but anyway, so we are talking to this gal And I tried my best to lay out my childhood sexual abuse and how, um, you know, I was emotionally unavailable for the last 15 years and I was seeking an emotional connection, even though the guy was completely emotional, unavailable too. You know, um, I was also taught from ages two to nine to have secret illicit sex. And so that was like a normal behavior for me. And, um, you know, so that is what I kind of knew, like the why for my behavior. And the therapist goes, 
so no judgment, but seven years, that's like a really long time. And wow, did that comment fucking trigger me. It made me feel like the biggest piece of shit. It made me feel completely small. It made me feel like a fucking sociopath. It made me feel like a whore. It made me, it made me really question my character big time. And so for the rest of the afternoon, I kind of spiraled on that. Lots of self-hate talk to myself. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of anger to me, um, to myself. And I just kept thinking about that comment over and over and over. So I do like I do everything else. I meditated on it the next morning and I was like, you know, why is this triggering me so much? Like, why did I allow this to go on for seven years? Like what, what is going on with me? And so this part of my story was then revealed to me. And this is a part that I guess has been buried deep for quite a long time. But what was revealed to me in my meditation um, was one, um, I have always felt like an option as though, you know, I was disposable. So I was seeking out a relationship to like further validate that story. I had a belief that I was not worthy of unconditional love, that my love came with a condition. Like I had to do something in order to be loved. So um, that was a belief that then also came up. It also came up because I, I can remember after every time I would be with him, I would feel shameful, guilty, remorseful. I would feel really terrible, not only about myself, but then also thinking about, oh my God, if Brent ever found out, this would devastate him. So knowing that, like, why did I continue that over and over? Well, every time after I was molested, I felt guilt, I felt shame, I felt completely unworthy of existence, really. And so cycles of abuse, that's, that's how the cycles of abuse continue. So that feeling of guilt, shame, remorse, unworthiness, Every time I would feel that after being with him, it was just like my body was like, oh, this is a familiar spot. We like this. We've, we've felt this way since we were two. We know this feeling. This is a good spot for us to be in. Yes, this is familiar. This is where, this is where we like to be. So I was constantly repeating the same cycle of abuse subconsciously. 
as when the sexual abuse was actually happening to me when I was little. So I don't know what it's like to be like physically abused. So I'm not going to even try to compare apples to apples. But one thing I do know, like how as like an outsider, like if we see um, a lady stay with an abusive guy and it's really easy as an outsider to be like, oh, my God, why is she still with him? Why does she continue to stay? And it's not that she likes to be physically abused. It's all that she knows. It's the cycle because chances are she grew up in an abusive home. So therefore, it's a cycle of her body is like, yes, this is familiar. We know these feelings this is how, this is where we like it. So having those consciousness or having those subconscious thoughts brought to my consciousness of, you know, I've never experienced unconditional love before. I, I've always felt like an option. So therefore I was definitely an option to him. And if I pushed hard enough, I would eventually make myself an option to my husband and then repeating the same cycles of shame, guilt, and remorse, unworthiness over and over and over. So I was repeating those same abuse cycles every time um, I would be with him. So that's how it lasted as long as it did because I was stuck in a fucked up, sick, mental cycle of abuse. And I was allowing that to play out in my adult life. And when I say allow, obviously if I was consciously aware of what I was doing, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, but my subconscious was taking over and justifying my actions and then reassuring me like, we like to feel like this. We like to feel shame. We like to feel guilt. We like to feel remorse. And to take it one step further as well, me knowing that if Brent were to ever find out what I was doing and it would devastate him, that also reassured my subconscious of, see, he does love you. So it's like so fucked up and, it, you know, from like a logical standpoint, it's not logical. But when you get into the psyche of someone who has been abused you can totally see how this story plays out and completely makes sense in their mind, right? In their body. Because that was a core belief that I have had since I was two, that I was not worthy of unconditional love. I had to physically do something in order to be loved. And that physical doing was sex. I felt shame. I remember in my one meditation, it brought me back to when I was a little girl and I must have just been abused because I saw a, an image of me cuddled up in the corner of my bedroom, just like with my knees tucked into my chest, holding my, my you know, holding my knees and just like rocking myself. Well, obviously, when you're sitting there rocking yourself in the corner, you're scared you're ashamed, you feel guilt. So all of those feelings is what I would feel every time I was with him. And 
I know those feelings. I've, I've lived those feelings my entire life. And so it was familiar to me and it was, um, safe. It was safe for me to feel that because I knew feeling unconditional love. That's something that I've never felt before. So that is, even though like feeling unconditional love is like euphoria, right? But if you've never truly experienced it, that's a brand new experience for you. And you're like, whoa, this is weird. Like I don't have to do anything. And he's just like right there by my side this whole time. Huh? Interesting. So Anyways, so as fucked up as that counselor telling me, you know, no judgment and as harsh as that was and how I took it, it really definitely opened up some shadows um, in my core that I was able to bring to light um, and release. Um, you know, they say 90% of healing is just being conscious of the behavior of the thought of the belief. So that makes me feel extremely hopeful of myself and my own healing journey that, okay, so now that this is all brought to life, I don't want to repeat that anymore. And I'll be goddamned if I'm going to allow myself to feel shameful guilt, remorse ever again by anything that I can control. So that's good. Um, and I'm really, I'm really lucky that through all of this, Britt still loves me and he still wants to be by my side and work through this. You know, I think I mentioned last time he's very angry, he's hurt, rightfully so. I'm not denying him any of those feelings and saying that he should not. But I'm hopeful by him, you know, by me expressing my layers of abuse and subconsciousness and as they're being brought to light, it will help give him maybe some more compassion as he works through his own healing process. Um, you know, we both are actually in a really good place with each other. And, you know, last week he was out of town all week long and I would send him these texts and he told me when he got back in town, he's like, your text like completely caught me off guard. He's like, like what you were saying to me is what I've always wanted to hear from you. Like, especially when I'm traveling. And I said, yeah, like that's me being completely open, honest, vulnerable, raw every day. I'm letting my guard be completely down and pouring out my heart to you. And he said, I've never seen this side of you before. But what I can say is this side of you, I love. This shows your unconditional love for me. And that's something I've never felt from you in 19 years. And then obviously, you know, I've said before, you attract what you are. So you know, I feel the same way towards him that I've never felt the unconditional love. And that's where I finally got to the point where I'm like, you know what? Fuck this ego. Fuck this bullshit. I'm just, I'm done with it because we got into a real good competition hamster wheel of, it's like, we both want the exact same things. We both want unconditional love. We both want emotional connection. We both want, you know, 
deep understanding and mutual respect and love and honesty and loyalty to each other. But like neither one of us was willing to go first, right? And so I finally said, you know, if that's what I'm needing for my relationship, then I have to be the one to show it first. So that's what I've been doing. I've been showing it all first and in return, slowly but surely, like he's reciprocating. He obviously is more hesitant than I am because he still has his own feelings that he has to process and work through. But I know at his core, he wants it, you know, he wants to be able to trust and believe all the things that I'm saying with his, with his guard completely down and his guard just isn't completely down yet. And that's okay. Like, that's why we're going to counseling and that's what we're working, um, towards is having both of our hearts completely open and honest and vulnerable all day, every day. That's the connection that we both are striving for. And I keep going back and reflecting over the last couple of weeks and, um, I honestly think had I not moved out, I don't know that we would be in this spot that we're at right now because I think I also had to hit my bottom and I had to actually realize and see everything I was actually giving up, everything that I was willing to lose. And I now know, like, I'm not willing to lose that. I'm not willing to lose him. I've been with him forever. And I honestly can't imagine doing life with anyone but him. When I went and saw my energy gal last week, I was telling her about all of this. And she said, this is the first time in what, almost two years that you have ever said you want both feet in your marriage. And I said, yeah, I know. Interesting turn of events, right? Like I, I've been dog cussing Brent for years. I mean, ask any of my closest girlfriends. It's been a fucking roller coaster. And I've always thought that the grass is greener and like, fuck him. I don't need that. And now like being completely removed from our everyday side-by-side situation and by me diving into my own shadows, into my own um, self-work, I've realized I've had so many blocks and barriers up and I've projected everything, my own fears, my own insecurities onto him. I've villainized him this entire time when in actuality, those were all my fears, my insecurities, and I, but I made him hold those. And, um, so like for me and where the spot where I'm at, like I'm in a really great place, like bringing all of this to my awareness and what I've been doing and holding up a fucking mirror to myself and being able to take 100% ownership of all the things I've done and haven't done. I mean, yeah, it's really fucking shitty, um, but it's also so, so good because now it's like I have something to work with. Now everything's brought to the light and all of these core beliefs and thoughts and doubts and 
um, unworthiness and not feeling like I deserve, you know, unconditional love, like bringing all of that to the forefront and being able to drop my fucking ego, you know, that to me is really powerful for myself. Like, I don't mean to sit here and like pat myself on the back, but I'm just saying that it's so incredible doing all of this self work because I'm able to see so clearly now my role in all of it. And before I could not, it was always Bryn's fault. And it's not, it's not all Bryn's fault. I am well aware of what my role was and what I've done and haven't done. And now I'm like, I don't want to be her at all ever again. I'm not going to allow those thoughts and those beliefs to take over my consciousness ever again. Um, and then one last thing I wanted to touch on too, before I, for, before I hop off here, but so if you ever done like, you know, the five love languages, if you and your companion have ever done that. So Brent's love language is words of affirmation and mine is acts of service. And, um, like I've known words of affirmation has, are his love language I've known for years. And do you know how hard it is for me to give him words of affirmation other than I love you? It's been so hard for me to do that. And again, it's because not that I don't believe that he isn't deserving and that he, cause he definitely is deserving of hearing those things from me. It was more of, I didn't believe any of those things about myself so why would I believe those about him and tell him? So like this past week when I finally like just dropped my fucking ego, I was like, you know what? Why wouldn't I tell the man that I love like how beautiful he is and how beautiful his soul is and how proud of him I am? Like, why wouldn't I go out of my way to tell him that on a daily basis? Like, why was I allowing my ego to get in the way and think that, he didn't need to hear those things or he wasn't deserving to hear those things because I didn't really truly believe it. Well, bullshit. I do truly believe it. I didn't believe those things about myself. So I didn't want to tell him those things because they weren't true about me. So it's just like a fucked up cycle. I'm like this fucked up hamster wheel. And I told Brent the other day, I'm like, I'm done. I'm not on this hamster wheel anymore. I'm going to show up completely different here on out. Um, because how I've been showing up in a relationship for the last 19 years hasn't worked, obviously. So now it's time for me to do something different and let's see if we get a different outcome. You know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different outcome. So now it's my chance to do things completely different and be completely vulnerable and from my heart all day, every day. And it's like, let's try that for a while. And I guarantee you by me keeping myself completely open and honest and vulnerable, I'm going to see mountains move in my relationship with Brent. And for that, I am truly grateful. <laughs>